Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I'm your host, George Ellick. And as we look ahead to day one, uh, Saturday at the Dublin Racing Festival, I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding and Dan Overall. Great weekend racing always this, Andy. Uh, we're recording this about one o'clock on the Thursday. So a couple of hours after final decks have landed. What are your first thoughts? Where's Gaelic Warrior? That's my first thought. Um, I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade here. Um, I mean, Nicky Henderson gets a lot of bad press for right or wrong reasons about one or two of his shufflings of the pack, and you know the way he treads. You know, he doesn't want to sort of risk his horses in certain races, and he can sort of lead the media up, up the garden path a little bit. But I think Willie Mullins and connections there take the biscuit with this one. <laughs> Just like. I can't believe they've left it to the last minute and they all of a sudden decided, oh, you know what, I, I think we'll wait till Cheltenham or whatever. I mean, all week they said Gailey Warrior is going to run against Marine National. Now no, he doesn't run. I mean, why even bother just making yourself look, look, potentially look a bit of a, a laughing stock, really, to be honest. I just I just don't get it. Um, I get why they're not running, but, you know, don't, don't just don't, don't put yourself out there for, for abuse. What do you think? But Andy, it's interesting this because it, it's something that, you know, I, I think around Constitution Hill, it brought this conversation into the mainstream about, you know, horses being put away we're not, and us not seeing superstars enough, a fair, a, a kind of a combination of a fear of defeat and, a, and a, how much the National Hunt season now revolves around Cheltenham Festival. Like, what do we have to do to, to basically stop this from being the case where generally we have to wait for March to see Titans up against each other, whether they're, they're British horses or Irish horses? And even then, it's not always it's not always the case. <clears throat> I personally haven't got a problem with it. I don't know what Dan thinks. You know, sometimes I'd rather wait to the Channel Festival. It, it's you know, it's the pinnacle, it's the Olympics of our sport. You'd like to see the big races take place. If you've had a slightly watered down version of it at another track before, and it, it does sort of take the edge off you. You like to see the, the you know the race we've all been waiting for at the meeting that it means the most. So, I, I, like I say, I haven't got a problem with Marine National Gaelic Warrior potentially clashing in the Arkle, but. Just don't say you're going to run at Leopardstown. It's just, there was obviously clearly no intentions of running, as far as I could see, because you know he, it, it, it was a, it was a chance to find out whether they have got an Arkle horse or they're going to go down the Turners route, which has been the thought process ever since he won at Limerick. Um, so yeah, I just think it was misleading punters, and I'm, I'm sure one or two punters have lost money on it because they, you know they've read between the lines and they're back perhaps. Gally Warrior for the Arkle off the back of it. I know David Jennings, for instance, in Racing Post, he, he, tipped, it, he tipped up Gally Warrior for the Arkle based on the, the fact that, you know, there, there's a potential for Gally Warrior to beat Marine National and, you know, he's on a good bet. So, you know, I just, like I say, I just think in this instance, they, they could have gone out, could have got at it um, uh, in, a, in a slightly different way. Dan, you're um, flying out to Dublin tomorrow afternoon. Obviously, from a you know a, not a punting perspective, but from a spectacle perspective, you've been frustrated to see um, that we're not getting that big clash tomorrow. Where, where do you sit on this discussion? Well, yeah, very disappointed. I think on my notes, I had what a race clash of the weekend. Really, it was probably the <laughs> race I'm maybe not looking forward to backing in the most, but maybe as a spectacle, it would have been interesting. Two probably of the top, if not the top, novice chasers going into the spring festivals would have clashed. It would have been a rare treat, I would have said. But the quotes coming out were along the lines of Fassar Vega's been working really well. We thought we'd give him the chance. So what you read into that, make your mind up. But I mean, and what we've seen in Supreme and what we've necessarily seen over the fences, 
I wouldn't be in a rush to back Fasol Vega against Marine Nationale. I'm sure a few loyal Fasol Vega fans will back that up, but it's disappointing. In a way, I think we we'll, might well get Gaelic Warrior versus Factor File now in the two-mile five race on the Sunday, which again, that, that will be a decent race in of itself. But I, I, I understand the frustration. And I think to a certain extent, this is why the likes of Nicky maybe don't say that much anymore. Because if they do say something and something does happen to crop up, they come out public enemy number one. I'm not necessarily sure it was intentional to go down this way, but it doesn't look great. And as you say, there are going to be a, a few burnt fingers, uh, especially for Gaelic Warrior, for the Arkle backers. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into the racing in just a second. We're going to go through the card race by race. But before we do, Dan, what have you got planned in Dublin? What are you doing in the evenings? I don't care about the racing. What are you doing? How are you going to enjoy <laughs> the local hospitality? Yeah, well, I've heard very good things about this weekend. I haven't actually been to Leopardstown since Footpad won an Arkle trial. So it's been a few years uh, since my last visit, but I've heard very good things. Luckily, I have a, a local Dublin tour guide uh, to take me around, show me around the houses of an evening. And luckily, I'm not flying back to Monday afternoon. So I've given myself plenty of time to soak it all in, enjoy and maybe enjoy it a bit too much. What a place it is. Absolutely love it. We've got Johnny Ward uh, joining us tomorrow for day two, the Sunday preview. Who knows? his way around uh, Dublin after dark, so maybe you can ask him for some advice as well. Um, but let's get into the racing, and as ever, we're going to be going through the, the cards as they are on the Odds Checker app and the Odds Checker site. Make sure you do download the app for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, and Andy's tips, amongst other tipsters, across sports, straight to the app every single morning. Uh, but starting with the 120, this is the uh, Novicidal uh over the extended two and a half miles, so two miles six. And Predators Gold is a seven to four favourite ahead of Lachlan at uh, seven to two. Jet Taurus, uh, nine to two. I Will Be Bay is 11 to two, 10 to one Stella Story and 20 to one Dancing City. Thoughts, Andy? Yeah, my thoughts are that I think Predators Gold has got um, an excellent chance of booking his ticket to Cheltenham and, and possibly go down the Bering Bingham route or Ballymore route, whichever way you want to look at it. Always. Hmm. Um, struggle with the different names uh, of these uh, big races nowadays. Um, but to my eyes, he, he ran in the best novices hurdle run either side of the Irish Sea, particularly over two miles anyway. That race was won by Colwell Potter, the grade one. I think it was on day one of the Leopardstown Christmas meeting. It was running in yeah. filthy conditions, it deteriorated throughout the day. And it was basically survival of the fittest. Um, Corwell Potter was really strong in, in the latter stage of that race, having jumped well and travelled uh, nicely throughout. He raced handy, and Predator's goal was the only one who could go with him. I like the fact that the front two good horses that, that they are pulled 38 lengths clear of um, down memory lane. Now, I know winning margins and margins can be accentuated on soft or deteriorating heavy ground, which um, undoubtedly that race was. But then you go back and you look at the horses that were literally punch drunk coming out of the back straight horses like absurd and ebor winner um daddy longlegs an impressive winner of a novice's hurdle and i think actually went off favorite for that race um and then you took in the likes of the big doyen who was third in the grade three i mean these were no muppets they were absolutely completely out on their feet turning for home so i came out of that race thinking i desperately want to follow the first two in that race whatever race they run in next time obviously we call well potter the cloud under him at the moment, not the horse itself, but obviously the the, the ownership and where he he's might likely to go and whether yeah. he even makes yeah. Cheltenham. Um, you can't do anything with him at, from an anti-post perspective in any, any race at Cheltenham at the moment, unless you're on non-runner, no bet. So my advice here would be, and I've actually done this today on, on Odd Check, it'll go up on my Odd Checker page today. My advice um, 
it's about Predators Gold, anti-post for the Bear in Bingham, at 12 to 1, no, 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 no bet. And also back him at the same price for the Albert Bartlett. Because this race over two miles six throws up a kind of quandary, doesn't it, if you do win it? Which race do you go for at the festival? Um, uh, Minella Kakuna won it two years ago. He went down the Albert Bartlett route, whereas Galliard de Mesna won it the year before. He went down the um, the old uh, Ballymore route when he finished second to Bob Ollinger. So it depends how impressive you are, what kind of performance you put in, depending on which way Connect can see it. But I do think Predator's got to win this um, because I just think he's too good. I think he's too quick because um, I don't think this will be a seemingly run gallop. There's only six runners. I imagine Stella's story might toot along in front, but they won't go a, a ridiculous gallop. And I think it'll come from a little bit of a foot race from two out to the line. I think Predator's Gold has just got too, far too much speed. Not as though he doesn't stay, because I mean, he's already won over two, three. So yeah, he's got plenty of tactical speed for two, but he is a two and a half miler, maybe three miler, we don't know. Um, but all in all, I expect him to win. Paul Townend's rioted him. He's expecting him to win. And I, I think the main danger will probably be I Will Be Bay, who made light work of a good horse of Gordon Elliott's called um, My Trump Card. Any horse that beats My Trump Card um, on heavy ground has got to be a good horse. So I've got it between those two. But I'll be, I'll be, my meeting starts off in the worst possible fashion if Predators of Gold doesn't win this. Well, Predators Gold, as you say, for the Bering Bingham formerly, the Ballymore uh, is currently 12 to 1 best price. Um, you can see at the top of the, the grids on Odds Checker, which firms are non runner, no bet. And you get 365 at 12 to 1 there, and the same price we have at Barton as well, both non runner, no bet there. So that would be the, the firm you want to go to if you're going to follow Andy's advice. Um, and 7 to 4 best price for the race at William Hill. Dan, how do you see it? Well, as Andy mentioned, this can be a bit of a, a tricky race because you do get Albert Bartlett types and you get your Ballymore types clashing here, obviously, over this new two-mile-six two trip. I think they made the change in 2018. I think since then, we've had four winners go to the Bartlett, two to the Ballymore. So evenly enough split, no winners have actually come out of that, interestingly enough. But I think in the Bartlett types, you've got Lachlan, Stella Story, Dancing City. I imagine they'll go down the three-mile route in time. I think I will be by as hard to assess. Looked good on his hurdling debut. Wasn't top class as a bumper horse. Could be good, but... I'm not necessarily wholly convinced. I mean, Jatara on ratings would take a lot of beating. Like she's rated 142 and gets seven pounds. And so theoretically, if she ran to that, it would take a performance of 150 to beat her. But I'm just not convinced. And I just kept coming back to Predators Gold like Andy. I think he's got the class edge on a few of these. I love that he was able to run as well as he did over two miles when realistically he looked a strong enough stayer over two mile three, I thought, in his debut. He ran pretty fresh that day. It was run at a really strong pace. The second one next time out quite easily. And Paul Townham reported afterwards he had plenty left in the tank. So I don't think the two mile six trip in a small field will be a problem. I just think, like Andy, I can imagine this maybe coming down to a bit of a test of speed at the trip. The ground is probably going to be soft, but not to testing which i think is probably about what he wants and he's only a five-year-old so I, I think if he's going to go to any route come cheltenham i think it'll be the ballymore or what used to be the ballymore so i think that'll be the way he'll go come march but i think he's capable of winning this because i think he'll just have a bit too much class and a bit too much speed too much class too much speed predators gold uh the favorite and the fancy for both the guys in the opener on saturday at leopardstown uh, on to the 150 now the uh, spring juvenile hurdle uh, over two miles where storm heart is six to four favorite Head of Majbra at 13 to 2. Uh, Card Guess is uh, 7 to 1 alongside Caliconti, also 7 to 1. Bunting, 10 to 1. Uh, High Wind, 10 to 1. 12 to 1 bar those. Uh, Intello, 12 to 1. The 40 to 1 bar those, I should say. Um, Dan, we will come to you first next time up, but I am obsessed with these kind of races and Andy Holdings because it, his speed figures normally tell us quite a story. Um, so 
visually, we, we've seen what we've seen, Andy, but what are the numbers telling us? Well, I think the first thing to say about this race is the absence of Salvatore Monday probably tells us a couple of things, that Willie Mullins perhaps feels as though he's got one better than maybe Salvador Monday, or certainly more street-wise, because obviously Salvador Monday hasn't run since finishing second to Sergino in that poor toy uh, listed race. Uh, I think it was back in April. The fact that connections of Salvador Monday have also got Sergino as well, that they've probably looked at what Sergino did at Cheltenham on Saturday and thought, well, is there any point rushing Salvador Monday just to get to Cheltenham for the sake of it when we've got a better one anyway? And they'll probably... Perhaps say if Salvatore Monday with a run, let's say in Ireland somewhere for the Punchestown Festival and leave Sergino at home. That's my way of thinking with Salvatore Monday. Uh, so he doesn't turn up. It means then that Willie Mullins and, uh, has got uh, the main player in the shape of Storm Hart. Now, talk about a difficult one to assess. This is probably one that's definitely going to divide my opinion because based on his time figure that he did first time out, you couldn't have him on your mind at that price. Yes, I get the fact that he was really impressive from the, the back of the second last. He really showed a good turn of foot, pinged the last and went miles clear. But his number was absolutely desperate. Um, so much so that um, um, a horse that won a two-mile handicap rated in the 80s ran a quicker time than him later on in the card. Um, the three-milers on the same card ran a quicker circuit time than him as well. Um, Sir Gerhard and all those kind of horses, Ashdale Bob. So... I'm I'm sitting in between um, two stools here. I don't really know what to make of him. But being his numbers man, I, I just couldn't advise him at that price. He might well win because we just don't know how good he could be. He might run in a better race and run a bigger number because he's just a really good horse. But I'm, like I say, I just can't advise him on, on such a mediocre, miserly speed figure first time out. Whereas quite a few of the others who've had one run and looked equally impressive, like High Wind and in in, uh, in Atello. In particular, Carla Conti and Cargess have come out a much better race. And look at the prices, I do think Carla Conti and Cargess, they probably represent the strongest form anyway coming into this race. Carla Conti's got the quickest time figure, not because of her victory here at Leopardstown over the course and distance, because that was a bit of a muddling affair, granted. But the day when she got the better of Nürburgring, Sorry, um, any second to Nürburgring, I beg your pardon, um, at Fairy House on Raw Bond Day. That was a very good race. They went quicker than the uh, older horses, um, which was won by Farron Glory and by Tiupu as well. They ran a much quicker overall and, and final circuit sectionals. So I thought Calaconti then to win in a slowly run race showed her versatility when she went to Leopardstown. So I think she's probably going to be underestimated here, Calaconti. Um, so I'd probably just make her the slight choice over Carl Guess, who pulled hard in a slowly run race and yet was still managed to finish second. I think she's probably got a lot of, hell of a lot of raw ability. Um, and I think we'll see the better of her in a stronger run race. She reminds me a little bit of Gala Marceau, who chased down Lossy Mouth in this race last year. Similar time, you know, similar colours. That probably was why I'm thinking that way. Um, but I think she's got a, a very similar profile. So my strategy here would be to oppose Stormheart. If he wins, he wins. You just get it wrong. And to back Carla Conti and Cargess at round about the 7-1 mark there. I think they're both really good value. Are you backing them both each way? Just three places at the moment, obviously, with the 6-4 favourite. Yeah, I mean, if, like, for instance, on the day, if somebody went four places, the pair, I'd, I'd, I probably would back both each other. So I can't see them not finishing in the first four, either one of those two. If they run up to their best form, there's no real reason to suggest they won't. Um, 
so yeah it, it a, lot, a lot depends but at the moment for the advice for this uh, podcast then I'd, I'd just say to to win only bets to their respective odds at the moment yeah, Carlo Conti is best price, standout price, seven to one with Bet365, Car Guest seven to one with a few firms, three six five, Skybet, Bet Victor, Coral, Betfred, Ball Sports amongst those two. As I say, all firms currently three places, but I think probably on the day, especially if there are still the eleven that are there now, uh, you'd see one or two go four. Uh Dan, how do you see it? Really interesting race. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think, like Andy mentioned, Carla Conti and Carguez are the form standard based on that grade two over the Christmas period. However, I'd say based on the fact that Carguez had plenty of starts in France, Carla Conti's had a few runs as well. I'm not sure if they're going to improve enough to be of triumph hurdle standard. I think if Ireland's to have a triumph hurdle winner, something else is going to have to win this and win it quite impressively. I also agree with Andy that I think Stormheart's way too short. I, I'm a bit perplexed as to why he is the price he is when there's a few similarly profiled horses. And we know with juveniles, they can all take Mark step forwards. I wouldn't be interested in him at the price. The Salvatore Mundi factor is interesting because reports that were, he was behind in his work, obviously the Sergino factor being in there as well. I think they'll just save him uh, for, for novice hurdling next season. He still has that intact because he didn't win in France. But the one who doesn't have that option, didn't have that option, I was probably more interested in anyway, is Majbra, who won over in France. So he won't be eligible for novice races next season. So there's every incentive to have him as far forward as possible for this. The reports from home have been pretty good. The form of his, front, his, his winner or toy has worked out well. Traditionally, a very strong race. It's been won by the likes of Frodon, Porticello, Bo Zenith. So a lot of pedigree and a lot of good winners come out of that race traditionally. And as I say, he's going to be the one who's more forward and has every incentive to be. And while it is going to be a tough task to come and win this on debut for the yard, Ilete Tom hadn't achieved anywhere near the same level of form. And he finished a close up third in this a couple of years ago. So it is possible. He's from the right connections. I think he's eight to one currently. I think that's a reasonable each way price. Obviously, there are a few unknowns, but bearing in mind the price of Stormheart, I think he's kind of making the market for a few of these. Uh, so I'd have a, a partially speculative each way bet on Marjorie. Yeah, I'm afraid 13 to 2 is the best you're getting now, Dan. Um, ah, you know, there since, you go. Like-minded people. Have come out. Yeah, 13 to 2 is with William Hill at the standout price as well. Um, so we've got three to take on the favourite. Could he both agreeing that Stormheart is too short? Majbra for Dan at 13 to 2, and Carguess and, and Caliconti both for Andy at 7 to 1. Uh, Dan will stick with you here for the first. We'll give you first run in the third race on the card, which is the Irish Arkle. Uh, Marine Nationale, uh, as we discussed earlier, has been left not unchallenged, but it's not the clash we hoped for. Four to nine best price route about Marine Nationale. Fasal Vega, five to one. Founder, founder 50, uh, eight to one. Ilite Tom, 20 to one. Uh, Sharjah, 40 to one. Uh, Senesia is 150 to one. Six runners here. Not the greatest betting heat. Dan, can you find an angle for us? No, as you say, that has kind of left it a bit flat i mean it's interesting marine national is about the same price he was well not too much of a difference between his anti-pros price when gaelic warrior was assumed to be running so he hasn't really yeah. contracted that much well i guess the field has stood up reasonably well outside of gaelic warrior in facile vega obviously they're renewing their rivalry from the supreme where marine national was pretty emphatic in bidding him that day and from the evidence we do have over fences there's nothing really to suggest that marine national is going to come back to Fasal Vega in that sense. Fasal Vega was okay on his chasing debut, jumped reasonably well with work for improvement, and then 
as he has done previously, very disappointing next time out, and he's a bit on the recovery mission. I think he'll attract support from the market because I think people will be looking for some kind of angle into this. And I think if there is a horse who maybe has the raw ability to beat a Marine National, it would be him. But the ground on the chase course is going to be on the quicker side. We know that's what Marine National likes. And there was nothing you could pick holes in on his chasing debut. Jumped really professionally, just went from fence to fence, travelled like a dream and put the race to bed easily. He'll take an awful lot of beating. I'm sure he'll probably be the linchpin in a lot of accumulators throughout the week. And what I'd like to normally find something at a price to take on a favourite, in this case, I'm just with Marine National, and I'll probably have him with a few doubles and trebles across the weekend. 49 best price, Marine National, as it stands. That is with William Hill. So if you did agree with the guys, you're getting standout best price, Marine National, in the 225, and you're getting standout best price of the Hills. Predators gold in the first could be a, a popular double. Um, Andy, we've also got a without market that I know you're sometimes quite keen on. Um, I'll read it out quickly before we get through to it. Um, it's with Hills as well. Fassal Vegas, even money, founder 50, 13 to 8. Inate Tom, 11 to 2. Charger, 12 to 1. Cessia is 40 to 1. Um, any angles here? Yeah, there is. Um, there is an angle. Um, first and first of all, um, I agree with Dan. I think Marine National will win this, and cements his position at the head of the market. I'm, I'm personally quite delighted that Gaelic Warrior doesn't actually turn up here, despite what we said early on in the program about um, them jumping ship, because he would have scared me stiff if he'd have gone down this route. Because he's the only horse capable of uh, ruffling the feathers of Marine National. Uh, over any distance, I think he's that good. He's actually run the quickest speed figure that we've got so far this season as a novice when he won at Limerick. So I think he's a bit of a freak uh, Gaelic warrior. Um, hopefully we'll see them clash at some stage, but for this year it looks as though they'll uh, go their own separate ways. And that should really leave the door open for not only Marine National to win here, but to win at the Channel Fest as well, which is the, ma the main um, sort of hope this season anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to see fireworks from Marine National. It's interesting to see how this race pans out because the likes of Fasel Vega and Founder 50, they, they like to go forward. But that's just the way that they are. It's difficult to hold on to them and to get them to do other things, particularly Fasel Vega. And you just never really know what you're going to get with Fasel Vega. He's good one day and you think, oh, I, uh, it, this is, this is the, the horse we expect. And then, like we saw here at the Christmas period, he rather takes a little bit of a nosedive backwards. So. Your guess is as good as mine, what, what Fasel Vega turns up, which makes him a ri risky proposition if you're backing him in the, without the favourite market because he's even money. Whereas Founder 50, who beat him fair and square on the day, is, is a much bigger price, which is about their reputation rather than actually what they've done on the track. But I do think there's a better bet than those two to finish second of the favourite here. I'm, I'm going to pull up Ilete Tom based on the fact that he represents the Gallic Warrior form line from, from Limerick. Now, two mile four on bottomless Limerick ground that day wouldn't have been anywhere near what Elate Tom prefers. Uh, I'm not saying he's a good ground horse by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not an overly robust chasing type. Um, I just don't think he's got the scope of the likes of Gaelic Warrior and, and the horses that, that ran that day, but he still managed to finish second. Uh, he beat two good horses in the shape of American Mike, and uh, I like the way he's thinking. So it was a still a good performance. Now, based on his number that day, even in finishing a, a, a flattered six-length second to the favourite, he still comes out top of our figures here, even better than Marine National, what he did on debut. Um, so I think he's a very interesting bet, not only at the prices and on form, but on how this race is likely to be run. 
i.e. Fasel Vega and I think Founder 50 have been ridden to try and win the race. They'll, they'll be after Nareem Mashinal. They're not just going to let him have a solo um, or have it easy. That's just not the way that both Mullins or, or Elliot go about the business. They'll, they'll just want to win. But I do think LA Tom probably ridden off the speed like he often is. And um, we know that he he's picked up the pieces and won here at this meeting before, if you recall, when he won the grade one era several years ago when others blew out. So I've got a sneaky feeling that could happen again. So 11 or 2, was it, without the favourite you quoted? Correct, yeah, spot on. 11 or 2. I think that's a really good bet. So more than one way to skin a cat in that race. Um, you can back Marine National 4 to 9 if you so wish, but I, I prefer to go the, the without a favourite route with Alete Tomp. Yeah, so there, Alete Tomp, 11 to 2 in that without market. So that's with William Hill. Also 20 to 1 if you didn't want to back Alete Tomp each way. Uh, that's just a quarter of the four uh, with Bet Victor Coral. Uh, Quinn bet and bet Goodwin. Uh, I don't think that's the big. That's not the biggest mythical in the world either. I mean, stranger things happen. You know, it's a horse race at the end of the day. The horses can make mistakes. You know, the other two could easily bust up Marine National. They just don't know what's going to happen. I, I say twenty to one each way, or just, either either way. I think LTA Tom Paul certainly outrun those odds by a mile. Great stuff. Strong one there from Andy. Uh, on to the listed handicap hurdle at the three o'clock, where Canal End is the five to one favourite, ahead of Panda Boy at six to one. Fine margin, seven to one. Uh, nine Graces, ten to one. Uh, Shen Bali Kid, twelve to one. Will Do, twelve to one. Music Guitara, uh, Garth Carl, both twelve to one as well. Sixteen to one bar those. Um, we've got <coughs> Skybet going seven places as it stands. There'll be loads of places available for this one. Twenty-four in it as it stands now. Dan, any fancy for you at this stage? Yeah, now we've gone from pretty small field tactical affairs to a 24-runner three-mile handicap. So that's the contrasting races we get at the DRF. But a couple in here, I'd say, that, were, that make the most appeal to me. The first one is fine margin towards the head of the market at 7-1. to one. I mean, you just go back to that Haydock performance on his debut for the yard after a break. I thought that was a really impressive run. No shame at all in sandwiching. Obviously, the Slate Lane, who was clearly plotted out for that race exceptionally well. It's a shame we won't see him race again. And obviously, you had the long walk winner in Crambo back in third. And then behind them... Like they were pretty well clear. You had a host of very reliable top three mile handicappers in Britain. That's a solid a handicap piece of form. I think you'll find. And the fact that he ran so well in it, given the circumstances, I thought was really impressive. Still completely unexposed over trips of three miles in these big races. I think he's got an exceptional chance. And to be honest, I'd make him the favourite in my opinion. And then at a slightly bigger price is Will Do, who looked pretty much set to be the second string for Gigginstown and Gordon Elliott. If you, the, I was tracking the jockey bookings earlier and Sam Ewing was initially jocked on and Jack Kennedy was on search for glory, but they've switched, interestingly. Very late on, they switched. Jack Kennedy now rides Will Do. And he's a horse I actually have quite a lot of time for. I think he's a progressive staying novice hurdler early on this season. And he was really well back to win on his handicap debut at Navan on really deep ground over three mile one. You go through that race, he went well for a long way. And I think in the end, the effects of only having his previous run a couple of weeks before, very inexperienced still, it's only his fourth run over hurdles. I think that just caught him out. He shaped better than the bare result finishing sixth that day. He was basically still bang there until the final furlong. So I think you can forgive that. And to my mind, he went through the race better than Canal End, who currently heads the market. So I think there's a bit too much of a discrepancy in the prices there, given that Will Do is equally, if not more, unexposed. I think the fact that Jack Kennedy rides is interesting. Connections won this race with Dallas to Picton a few years ago, who was also a novice. I don't think a mark 128 is beyond him. And I think the slightly easier test here on ground that isn't as deep will suit. So at 12 to 1, I'd say Will Do would probably be my main bet in the race. 
Yeah, we'll do 12 to 1 uh, with Bet365 and William Hill and fine margin is standout best price 7 to 1 with 365. Andy? Yeah, I agree with Dan with, with fine margin. I don't, I don't think you can um, get away from the fact that, you know, we split two good horses um, at uh, Haydock. Um, basically puts Crambo in here off off a mark of around, around about 130. So he'd be odds on to win that off, off, off that mark. So I know it's not the straightforward as that and it never works out like that, but it does give him a, a fine chance of, of making amends. I do, however, just slightly prefer Leopardstown form. Um, it, 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 it is a, a specialist track. And if, if you get horses that run well here time and time again, they, they often do so again. And I do like that Giath Kiel nine graces form line here um, of the per attempts qualifier um, back in December. Now that normally that per attempts qualifier attracts around about 20 odd, 20 odd, 30 odd runners and the winner of the, the final often comes out of it. You know, you're like your Delta works and your Sada Burleys of, of yesteryear who just scraped into fourth and qualified and then made a mockery of their marks at the festival. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that Giath Kiel or nine graces are, standout contenders for the per attempts, but they certainly run a reasonable enough time figure. It was interesting that they that, that race, um, courtesy of Foxy Jackson, took them longer at Gallup, was was run three seconds quicker than Irish points grade one victory on the same card. And the, the, the final circuit sectionals weren't too shabby either. So I think that race is probably a little bit better than I thought at the time. I thought Foxy Jackson ran really well. He ran a really good um, cross-country trial, I thought. I don't think he's a player for that race at the festival. And of the two, I thought Nine Graces came out of the race with a great deal of credit because she was held up off the speed that day and came from a long way back to finish third. Um, so if I was going to put them in a pecking order today for, for, the, for, the, for, for Saturday's race, I'd, I'd probably go Nine Graces to turn the form around with Gielth Kiel. But because their odds are so um, competitive, let's say, and they're both double-figure quotes, I, I probably would just suggest maybe just backing them both each way. Because I'd be disappointed if one of them didn't get in amongst the main players, whichever they may likely to be. The one I can't quite understand why he's so short in the market is Panda Boy. Um, I do like Panda Boy, and he's very much on my radar for the Grand National. He has been for quite a while, uh, being trained by Martin Brazzer. But this is typical Martin Brazzer. If you go back many years ago when he won the Grand National with number six Valverde, he kept... Chopping and changing, chases, hurdles, chases, hurdles, to try and protect his mark. Now, he's obviously got his chase mark under lock and key. You see that run in the Paddy Power chase at the at the last meeting. So the last thing he wants to do now is go and blow it uh, by winning a, another chase. Um, so he's, he's, he's obviously just ticking him over between now and Andrew and running him in hurdles. So it's the tip is there for all to see if you're a Panda Boy fan for the National. But I just don't think he'll have the speed to win this because um, he is quite one-paced and... He doesn't quicken, and, and and I think four miles will suit him. But I, I I couldn't have him in my mind to win this race, and he's like five to one. So mm. I definitely stick a fork in him. I think he's a bad favourite. <laughs> definitely think um, fine margin is he's probably the one to be. But as I said, I think the two from that course and distance uh, run last time, nine graces and Giath Kiel um, are the ones I'd, I'd concentrate on. So nine graces is ten to one with Hills, Bet MGM and Bet UK. They're all six places as it stands. Gareth Curl is uh, twelve to one uh, with three six five Hills and the other two firms I just mentioned, as well as Betfred and Unibet, who are six places. Or you can take eleven to one uh, for seven places with Skybet and uh, nine to one for nine graces with Skybet as well. Uh, on to the three thirty five. It is of course the Irish Gold Cup. 
Uh, Galapan de Champ is the four to nine favourite ahead of fast or slow at three to one, conflated 12 to one. I am Maximus 40 to one, just four in here, Andy. Um, can you find uh, an angle for us for some value? Uh, not really, no. Um, unfortunately, there's the betting without the favourite is, is not going to be any better than betting the favourite anyway. Can't see conflated on Maximus winning. Should be a straightforward exercise for Galapan de Champ. I imagine Paul Tarnell just got in front to make this really straightforward. He's made the running before. I mean, he was miles clear, wasn't he, when he fell at the last, having made all the running in the um, the old turners when Bob Ollinger inherited the uh, the lucky win. So he's fairly tactically flexible. And the, like, the thing about Galapan de Champ is I know he's got beat several times by uh, fast or slow, and one or two will hang their hat on that. But they haven't been at Leopardstown. The only time he's got beat by fast or slow has been when he's gone right-handed, and I don't think he's as good over right-handed as he's going left. Uh, but he's brilliant at Leopardstown. He's four for four over the chase track here at Leopardstown. And this is really his domain. This is his patch. Obviously, he's good at, just as good at Cheltenham, but I think if they ran the Gold Cup at Leopardstown, he'd be an absolute stone-bonk certainty every time he ran. And the fact there's only three competitors against him, he can just do what he likes. Um, so unless that race has taken some as much out, too much out of him that we don't know, then I can't imagine he'd, he'd, he'd get beat here. So unfortunately, it's very, very unoriginal. I haven't got any, any original content to come up with either. So <laughs> Galapan de Champ, I think he's probably the strongest of the short price favors as far as I could see at, on Saturday. Yeah, 4 to 9 with BetMGM, BetUK, Paddy Power uh, and the Betfair Sportsbook. Dan, can you find anything to, to take that on with? Well, I think Andy mentioned it at the end that the key factor is, can he keep repeating these unbelievable performances back to back to back? So the last time he put a performance of the ilk that he did over Christmas was at the Gold Cup. And obviously then we saw him not the same horse at Punchestown. Now, maybe he isn't as good right-handed uh, as Andy mentioned, but there is going to be a point where he might be vulnerable. And to be honest, I thought his best chance of retaining his Gold Cup crown would be if he avoided this race. Thank God he didn't, because it really would be a tame affair without him. But there's going to come a stage where he might not be able to back these runs up and he will be vulnerable and he will get beat. We've already seen it once. And you look at the likes of your back-to-back Gold Cup winners of yesteryear. Obviously, best mate went straight from the King George. He went there fresh. Album photo, and he had one run in between. So I'm just worried... What has that last run done to him? Because you don't just win grade ones by 23 lengths and feel absolutely fine afterwards. It can take a lot out of horses. There's going to be a time where I want to take him on. Fast or slow, he's only one in here realistically with a chance of doing so. Maybe that chance is probably better at Cheltenham because I'm not actually sure this is his ideal setup here, especially in a small field where Gallop into Champs. Jumping may not be under pressure as much because he can go forward in a small field. That was one of my crabs about him going into last year's Gold Cups. I didn't think he was necessarily the best jumper when held up in behind. And to be honest, he wasn't again. But obviously we saw over Christmas that given a more forward ride, he jumps absolutely fine. I may well back fast or slow to small stakes to beat him, just on the idea that he may be vulnerable one of these days. If Gallup in the Shump runs up to the form we've seen in the Gold Cup and in the Savills, then he won't be beaten. But it's just a question of can he perform to that level every every single time we see him. And, and, and what's your verdict when you come out? I keep I'm probably going to this. I'm going to have a small bet on fast or slow to beat him. It's not yeah. going to be massive stakes because I, I'd say there's going to be a stage where he's vulnerable, and I'll kick myself if it's to, if it's at the weekend and I haven't had anything on to beat him. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, fast or slow, three to one best price. That is with Bet Victor Coral. Speculative. It sounds like more than a strong one though for for Dan there. Um, and then to the 
penultimate race on the cards. Um, we've got the handicap chase over two miles and a furlong. Uh, Path de Route, seven to two. Uh, Favourite here, Solon is five to one. The Folks Tiara, six to one. Madara, six to one. The Big Chat, seven to one. Final Orders, ten to one. Hen C, 12 to one. Typical Thomas, 14 to one. 20 to one by those. Dan, you can take us away. Yeah, another interesting handicap. And I think at the top of the market, the one who interests me more is folks, the Folks Tiara. Obviously, one over Christmas here, which is a key piece of form with the likes of Path de Rue, who was badly hampered by the winner uh, going a length down when jumping that and then just came down. I'm not sure Paftaru necessarily would have gone on to beat the Folks Tiara that day because Paftaru doesn't exactly have a great winning habit. And I think the Folks Tiara is equally unexposed. So if you can see him running a big race, the one I'm warming to a big price is Rebel Gold. I think 25 to 1 is currently the biggest price available. Is 11, which is obviously the concern. But last season was as good as ever. He won the Dan and Joe Memorial handicap, the biggest two-mile handicap run in Ireland last season. And he came into this race thereafter. And I just think he left his race behind in the Dan and Joe Memorial. Still ran perfectly fine in this race last year. Went from the front, where I don't think necessarily wants to be the outright leader. He'll be ridden prominently, but I don't think leading all the way was his ideal. Only headed at the last, only beaten six lengths. And I think this season, they're working back from this race. Had a spin over hurdles, then ran behind El Fabiolo, where obviously he didn't have a chance. I think they've only really had one big handicap target in mind. I think it's this race. He was 7-1 to one last year. He's 25-1 to one now, off the same mark, but Conor Walsh takes a valuable £5 off. And we've already seen him have a big two-mile handicap success this season. He's very good value for that claim. And given he's going to be ridden prominently, he's, we know he performs well at this track based on how he ran in this race last year. With Conor Walsh £5 claim, he's technically £5 lower than he was <clears> this time last year as well for a six-leg defeat. I think everything's in place for a big run, and I say he's a big price as well. Yeah, 25 to 1 uh, with all firms there. Uh, most going four places. Big price selection there for Dan. Uh, Andy, how do you see it? Yeah, I do remember um, Rebel Gold in this race last year because I, I put it up on my column. And uh, yeah, he finished, was he fifth in the end? Was he fifth or sixth? I can't remember now. But he, he, was, out, he was just out of frame by one. So um, uh, that, that, was a, that was a bit of a body blow. Um, yeah, I could certainly see him in a big price. Good, good pick by Dan. Um, I, I hadn't. Um, um, sort of factored him into my equation because of his two modest runs so far this season. Um, a couple of, in, well, several interesting angles in this race. First and foremost, I think Joseph O'Brien quite likes this race because he won it um, back-to-back with the Wave of the Sea um, two years ago and three years ago, respectively. And he's got Solness in this. It looks as though he's been saved specifically for this. Course and distance winner here last year in a, in a, begin, in a beginner's chase and has just had the one run so far this term, and that was a good victory um, against some quality handicappers at Fairy House last time out. The fact that he hasn't run for 63 days, like I say, leaves you to, to think that he's had this race on on, on his mind for, for a little while now. Um, he could easily work out to be a grand annual horse. Currently, he's 20 to 1 for that race. Um, but again, if, you, if you're just looking at course and distance form, that race that the folks Tiara won here last time out was... Five seconds quicker than the founder 50 and Fasal Vega have the same course and distance. They're real trapping on that day. It was the quickest time on the card. So I think that's a really strong form. Um, whether Pator I would have won, I'm not sure. When he got knocked over at the last, it wasn't his fault. Um, so the difficult one, do you go with Solness because you know he's been laid out for it, or do you go with the form of Folks Tiara and Pathdoro? I'd, I'd probably suggest the path that the Folks Tiara form line is the one to be with and hope that that's. Um, that works out, but it is a close call between the two. A lot depends how well Path Toro jumps because 
as he showed again next time out in the beginners at Barrios, he's still a little bit wet behind the ears when he, in the jumping stakes. But look, you know, Gavin Cromwell won this race last year with final order, so hopefully he's, he's worked that out or he's, he's, he's working it out at home. So tra a trappy old race that, not one I, I could pin my tail to the donkey, to, to, you know, wholeheartedly because there's so many different angles. But I'd, I'd probably suggest maybe the folks TR is the most solid option at six to one currently. Yeah, the folks TR is six to one, as you say, with Bet365 um, currently the way to play it for Andy. Would he be back and win only or each way, Andy? Well, again, how many places are on offer? Four or five? Four currently. Oh yeah, yeah, that 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 that'd, that'd do, yeah. Because you know, because the form looks all right. Snake all ran well out of it the other day. He he should have won it nicely the week. He made a bad mistake at the second last. So I, I think that's on balance probably the the strongest form coming into it as far as I could see. Good stuff. On then to the bumper, and <clears throat> a dream to share pops up in the bumper. It was entered to make um, his hurdling debut back in October not seen, obviously won the Irish and the Cheltenham champion bumper last year, pitched up in the bumper again. Uh, five to four, favourite, ahead of Redemption Day at nine to two. Uh, you ought to know nine to one, the enabler ten to one, joystick sixteen to one, hence two sixteen to one, uh, Jerboa machine is eighteen to one, thirty-three to one bar those. Um, and it's fair to say that probably wouldn't have picked this as being the, the bumper field with you a couple of weeks ago. No, this this is this is really odd. Um you know, we're all anticipating him making his hurling debut somewhere along the line, and he'd be one of the favourites to to um, to win the Supreme. And and yet, um, you know, all that's been shelved for, for another day. And and you know, we, we're we're getting to see him in, in a bumper, but he's just he's just in a completely not a different league to this lot. Um, I mean, there's some nice promising types in in here, but I mean, the form of his champion bumper last season is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think there's been a horse out of that race either last season or this season that hasn't won the likes of Factor File, Captain T, Lecky Watson, It's For Me, Captain Cody, Weston Diego, No Time Will Tell, Lachlan. I mean, it just goes on and on. I think even the horses that were like beaten half the length of the running have won. You know, Queen's Gamble's a listed winner, Fiercely Proud, Better Days isn't Ahead. That, just to play, it, to play devil's advocate, isn't that partly just the nature of a champion bumper where... Not necessarily every year. I, I don't think I can recall a stronger one where everything has won. Even Beachcomber, who was like last but one, has won. Westcourt, <laughs> Westcourt Cove has won. It was, it was, you know, absolutely lapsed. And the time figure that we got him doing at Punchestown when he beat Tully Hill and King of Kingsfield and, and a piece of heaven and it's for me again, incredibly strong form if, if, you, if you actually go through it, was the quickest bumper time we've ever had. In, in, in all the times we've been doing bumpers, I mean, we normally get the champion bumper somewhere between a 65 and a 70. That day when he won at, at Punchestown, he did a 78, which is just completely and utterly ridiculous. Um, so he's just a complete and utter freak. So the market will tell you where, where you are with a dream to share. If he, if he's, I think if he goes odds on and the more money for him, if JP gets involved, then I think the more confident you've got to be. If, if he slides down, he's sort of like nudging towards seven to four, two to one on the off, then you think, hmm, can smell a little bit of a rat here. So I'd almost be prepared to take shorter and, and back him rather than the other way around um, because it's only lack of fitness that will stop him not winning this. 
And and how do you Andy before we get down to thoughts? How do you assess the other the others in the you know in behind the, the challenges in effect? If you do see that that price drifting, well, they're, um, they're, the they're, side they're, they're a nice bunch, but none, none of them have done anywhere near that the figure that the Dream to Share has done. They're, they're all they're all run at forties and fifties, and they've all shown they can crawl around in slowly run races, then quicken a little bit at the end. And I mean, Redemption Day is a bit of a bit of a nutcase. He's a good horse, but he's he's definitely a bit screwy. You know, he's a bit keen in his races. That's not always the trait you want. I like the enabler. I think the enabler is a lovely horse. He's a real grinder, a proper sort of chaser further down the line. But again, he's. I put it this way: I I think a dream to share wouldn't be out of a place in a, in a hot mile and a half group race on the flat. You know, I, I think he's that good. So I mean, none none of these would lay a glove on him like in in that kind of scenario. So I don't know what Dan thinks, but I just think he'll That's he'll just. I just think he'll obliterate, he'll obliterate these for pace. Dan? Yeah, it's, it's the strangest bumper you'll ever see in that we normally have this <laughs> as the leading champion bumper trial and the top two in the market can't run in the race. It really is an odd one. And and that even more odd that is a dream to share it has won a champion bumper and is allowed to run here off basically level weights. Like, no one ever, see, ever thought of the contingency plan. What if they come back for more? Obviously just no penalties allowed. So it really is an odd one. And I think Andy's nailed it in the sense that you'll know where you are of a dream to share based on the market because there are doubts about where he's been obviously he has had niggles he has had setbacks otherwise we would have seen him jump a hurdle by now but obviously he has the absolute standout form in the race and while I'd, I'd say that I'd probably look to play something against him and just on an each way angle because obviously he's relatively short and there are those unknowns and the one I do have a bit of previous with and I have back for, for this year's champion bumper is actually the shortest price of those eligible for the race that running in here is you ought to know he hasn't run for a long time, but I think his form that he did achieve over the summer period puts him right up there with the best of the rest here. So he beat Croke Park by 11 lengths at Kilbegan. Well, he's since then won a grade three, admittedly, as a bit of a stayer. But that was a sharp test. And I don't think you ought to know he's necessarily a sharp, real nippy type. I think he's a bit of a galloper who wants a bit of a sterner test, which you'll finally get. Then went to Galway under a penalty on really well beating a horse called Toto 2, giving him a stone in weight. That horse then went on to win his next two starts and was back like he couldn't be beat at Cheltenham earlier in the season. Well, we haven't seen him since. So clearly, I think there was an issue when he ran at Cheltenham. But that is solid enough form. And I think they've the, the idea all along was to give him a break. I think that was pretty much nailed on after that second run. I think there was always a bit of a debate whether they'll go hurdling or stick to bumpers. But I think based on what he achieved in those early bumpers, they're going to give him the chance to prove he could be a championship calibre horse in this sphere. And I think realistically, of those I can see down the market, I think he's achieved the most to my end I think he's still got a lot of upside I think obviously Jody Townend on board rather than Patrick I don't really have a problem with because I think Patrick's gone with what he knows in Redemption Day obviously you ought to know hasn't had a run for a, a good few months which maybe is the unknown but I think he's the one I like with the upside to maybe go on to Cheltenham in March a dream to share could win this easily but I think you ought to know could be the one to emerge from this with the best deal of credit with an eye to March Interesting stuff you want to know is best price uh nine to one and there is a without market as well uh, the nine to one is with 365 you want to know it's four to one um without the favorite market up there as well that's with william hill um so there we have it <clears throat> that is day one the saturday of the drf preview with both dan and to andy um i'm sure everyone would agree with me to wish dan the very best uh, and a very fun weekend over i'm incredibly jealous um <laughs> but uh, yeah uh sadly um, going to the playground and pushing swings and things like that. Uh, I wait to my weekend instead. Um, but yeah, no, have a great time and uh, thank you for joining us. And thank you to Andy as ever. I'm going to be back with Andy 
and the Johnny Ward uh, recording a Sunday preview tomorrow. So keep your eyes on the Odds Check YouTube channel for that. It should be up uh, on Friday afternoon. Uh, in the meantime, thank you to the guys. Make sure you download the Odds Checker app uh, for the best prices. Bookie offers free bets, place terms, and and these tips and other tips to, to the app every morning of racing. Enjoy the racing. Should be a great weekend of sports. Um, please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.